0: Take your Bibles or your Bible app and open up to the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 5. In January, February, and March, even into April, we've been through Paul's letter to the Philippians. We concluded last week, in Philippians, one of the phrases of Philippians is that we're to shine as lights or shine as stars in this crooked and twisted generation. That first generation, that first century was a generation that was twisted and crooked. The generation we live among is twisted and crooked. And the command of Paul is to shine as lights. I invite you to hear God's Word, the words of Jesus here in Matthew 5. Verse 1, seeing the crowds, he went up on the mountain, and when he sat down, his disciples came to him. Verse 14, you are the light of the world. A city set on a hill cannot be hidden, nor do people light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on a stand, and it gives light to all in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father who is in heaven. The command to shine. Let's pray. God our Father, on this Lord's Day, we want to be in the Spirit, we want to worship in spirit and in truth. We pray that the truth of your word would confront us and change us. We pray that we would know true and real life in your spirit. Let us see the revelation of Christ across the scriptures and may our hearts burn. Let us hear the call of Christ to follow And may we die to ourselves and take up a cross and have no greater loves than that to know and follow Him. Holy Spirit, would you speak what you need to speak to each of us this day? Not only to each of us, but to us as a church. Do this, we pray, for God's glory and even our good. We pray this in Christ's name. Amen. City light. Do You really even ever think about light? Light. Do you think of it? You probably just woke up this morning, stumbled into your bathroom, flipped the switch. Light came on, didn't think about it. It quickly filled that room. We walk outside and the sun has risen, and in our time zone, light has filled the sky. Light to darkness, darkness to light. Do you think about light, city light? Most of the days we're just going about the busyness, the grind, flipping switches. But are we ever thinking about light? This is the season where a thunderstorm could strike up. This week I was being rained upon even as I looked at blue sky across the other side of the town. On Thursday night, I was at the Salem Red Sox and saw a rainbow light up the sky. Light refracted, showing the full colors of the spectrum. A color-drenched sunset. I visited my brother in Arizona this past December and something about that latitude and that atmosphere. It was beautiful. This past summer, did y'all all all gather and watch the eclipse? Thinking that it was going to go completely dark, it just kind of got eerily less light. The warmth of a hot August day. Light. Have you thought about light? Well, on these next many weeks in May and June, we're going to think about light. Light is in our name, City Light. We have a neon light that as of this past week is shining both words. Jesus saves. It is good for us to think about light, to articulate why we even look to light. And so this is a saying that I want us to just become part of who we are. This is how we're articulating it. Why do we exist? What do we do? Why do we sing the songs we do? Why do we come to a gym? Why are we going to do this? We want to shine the light of Jesus. In knowing and following Him, now you can call it a tagline or a slogan. What? It's our purpose. Shining the light of Jesus and knowing and following Him. It should inspire our worship. It should define our community, and it should guide our mission. Shining the light of Jesus and knowing and following Him. Do you know the purpose statement of the rescue mission? Helping hurting people in Jesus' name. It kind of guides what they do. This should guide who we are and what we do here at City Light. Light gives illumination and truth. Light radiates out warmth and love. Let's be careful about defining this light. There's many people who claim to have light. Buddhists will look to Buddha, which literally means the enlightened one. The Unitarian Universalist will use a flaming chalice as their symbol. Just this basin here with a foot, and it'll have a flame on it. Claiming light. And just because of Western holidays, of Christmas and so forth, secularists have now got a holiday on December 23rd. If you want to celebrate it here, just in time before Christmas, called human light. There's many who claim to have light. But these are darkness. These are darkness. We need to know what light. We are shining the light of Jesus. We're not just shining the light and knowing and following a religion, we're shining the light of Jesus. This is a person, the Lord Jesus Christ, sharing his truth and showing his love this is how we will shine the light. Shining the light of Jesus may be enough of a succinct statement, but we've qualified it with another phrase as well, in knowing and following Him. This is personal. It's not only the light of Jesus, but it's us knowing and following Jesus. It is a personal relationship with Christ, individually and corporately. We relate to Christ individually, but we also relate to Christ as His body. He is our head. This is not privatized religion, but fellow discipleship. Knowing and following him. To know Jesus is to follow him. To follow Jesus is to know him. This is both relationship and response. This is affection and action. This is love and lifestyle. Knowing and following Jesus. So, see, like, this is our. Call to shine the light of Jesus in knowing and following Him. We should all be able to say this. It should help guide our prayers. It should guide our ministry. It should define our life. And what could happen if this truly, not just words on a page, but truly defined our life and mission together? What could happen? And this has been the prayer of the elder team. The consideration. We're two congregations merged into one. We're looking at this new chapter, appreciating what God has done in the past, but there's a new, a new future we're living into. And what would it look like if we were now all shining the light of Jesus and knowing and following Him? Why even do this? Because Jesus is worthy. Because Jesus saves. So we need to think about light, city light. And I would ask you, do you know the story of light? Could you tell the story of light across the Scriptures? And I'm going to do that this morning, not as a mere exercise, not as a mere teaching, but I want this to start to resonate in our hearts. Do you know the story of light? Can you tell the story of light? Not the false religions and not the secular humanism, but the light of God this is the message we have heard from him and proclaim to you that god is light and in him is no darkness at all god is light from eternity past perfect in his spiritual character moral excellence just sheer transcendence utter transcendence Glory. unapproachable glory. Forever. God is light. And this is how it has always been. God is always light. And in Him is no darkness at all. None. So we begin before the beginning. To an eternity past where God is light. And then... For His glory and His good pleasure, God created all things out of nothing. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. The earth was without form and void, and darkness was over the face of the deep. And the Spirit of God was hovering over the face of the waters. And God said, Let there be light. And there was light. And God saw that the light was good. And God separated the light from the darkness. This is Genesis 1 in the creation account. Light. In the beginning, He created the heavens and the earth. But the canvas here is darkness. The first creative act here is let there be light. Just light into this darkness. Why was the light good? Because God is light. Light is good. Light by God's spoken Word to shape creation. It was paradise. Our first parents walked with Him in the cool of the day, in this paradise setting, in His light. But then we fell into the darkness of sin. And therefore, just as sin came into the world through one man and death through sin... So death spread to all men because all sinned. Romans 5.12 From birth, we are all darkened in our understanding. We are all alienated from the life of God because of the ignorance that is within us due to the hardness of our heart. Ephesians 4 We rightly deserve the judgment of God because God is light and we are darkness. We deserve death, forsakenness from God, condemnation from Him forever. Do you believe that your sinful nature is dark? Or is it just a few bad things that we do a few times here and there? Or is it utter darkness in comparison to a holy God who is light? And this is the story of humankind. Since Genesis 3, darkness in this world, brother killing brother, all kinds of debauchery, Wiped out the world with the flood. And darkness abounded. Judges would come into a land and they would just do what's evil in their own eyes. How they were wise in their own eyes. Evil abounded and darkness was here in this fallen world. Is there any light? Where is the light in this story? Are we cast into never-ending darkness? There's many promises and prophecies, but let me show you this one. A servant is prophesied to bring light. Isaiah 42 from the 8th century. I am the Lord. I have called you in righteousness. I will take you by the hand and keep you. I will give you as a covenant for the people, a light for the nations. And now the Lord says, He who formed me from the womb to be his servant, to bring Jacob back to him, that Israel might be gathered to him. For I am honored in the eyes of the Lord, and my God has become my strength. He says, It is too light a thing that you should be a servant to raise up the tribes of Jacob and to bring back the preserved of Israel. I will make you a light to the nations, that they may, my salvation may reach the ends of the earth. Isaiah prophesies of a servant to come. Would this just be Israel itself? No, they kept walking in darkness. So who is this one to bring light to the nations? The people who walked in darkness have seen a great light. Those who dwell in a land of deep darkness, on them light has shone. For to us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulder, and his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, and Prince of Peace. Generation After generation, we waited for light to come to this dark world. Would it be Abel or Seth? No, it would be a later offspring of Eve. Would it be Abraham? No, it would be another seed from his lineage. That would be a blessing to the nations. Would it be Moses? Nope, it's going to be a greater prophet than Moses. How about David? Now, it will be a son of David, and he will rule forever. We kept waiting for light to come. Salvation is promised. Light is promised in the Scriptures to this dark world. Who is it then? The beginning of John's Gospel. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through Him and with Him was not anything that was made that was made. In Him was life and the life was the light of men. The light shines in the darkness and the darkness has not overcome it. We're so close. Who who is this? Jesus spoke to them saying, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows Me will not Walk in darkness, but have the light of life. Light has been revealed to this dark world, and his name is Jesus. Who is this Jesus? the most controversial man in all of human history. There was one generation they debated on his nature. And so a council was convened to define who He is in His nature. And so we believe the Lord Jesus Christ, says the Nicene Creed, He's the only Son of God, begotten from the Father before all ages. God from God, light from light, true God from true God, begotten, not made, of the same essence as the Father. And through Him all things were made. For us and for our salvation, he came down from heaven. He became incarnate by the Holy Spirit and the Virgin Mary and was made human. He was crucified for us under Pontius Pilate. He suffered and was buried. The third day he rose again and according to the scriptures, he ascended to heaven and is seated at the right hand of the Father. He will come again with glory to judge the living and the dead. His kingdom will never end. We were waiting for light to come into this world and it was prophesied to be an offspring of Eve, the seed of Abraham, a son of David. For Unto us a son is given and his name shall be called Mighty God? Who is this that would come into the world, born into this world and just look like us, but be God? God is, In the flesh, how else could light come into the world unless God himself came here? This dark world created by a God who is light is only going to be redeemed by a God who is light who comes into this world. This is the Lord Jesus Christ who lived in the flesh, tempted as we are, yet without sin. Suffered as we do. And did not despair of God and disbelieve God and at the fullness of time, after living a perfect life full of grace and truth, died a death that we deserve. He died darkness' death. He died the death for those who are darkened in understanding and enemies of God. Light of the world, who created the world, died in the flesh and was buried. This is the wonderful cross. This is why we glory in the cross, for in it is our salvation. Christ in the stead of ruined sinners. And according to scriptures, in his own words, he rose again in glorious resurrection on the third day. Hear the call of Christ in John 12. Believe in the light that you may become sons of light. This is salvation. And so we proclaim the excellencies of him who called us out of darkness into his marvelous light. 1 Peter 2. We've had the eyes of our hearts enlightened that we may know what is the hope to which God has called us. What are the riches of his glorious inheritance in the saints? Ephesians 1. For God who said, let light shine out of darkness, has shone in our hearts to give us the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. Are you hearing the story of light? Do you know the story of light? Because we give thanks to the Father who has qualified us to share in the inheritance of the saints of light. He's delivered us from the domain of darkness and transferred us to the kingdom of his beloved son. Colossians, 1 Thessalonians. We are all children of light, children of the day. We are not of the night or of the darkness. This is our salvation and salvation alone. There are many who will claim to have light and no light, but if it's not the light of Jesus, it's not true light. It is utter darkness. Do you love the light of Christ, Jesus, and him alone? Jesus, who now dwells in unapproachable light in heavenly glory, is coming back again to make all things great and all things new and all things right. Every, we will all see him. We will all fall on our knees. We will all confess him Lord and Savior. But will it be our utter delight or will it be our utter terror at his appearing? This is the story of light when he makes all things right and all things new in a new creation with the new heavens and a new earth. Revelation 21, I saw no temple in this new city for its temple is the Lord God Almighty and the Lamb. The city has no need of sun or moon to shine on it for the glory of God gives it light and its lamp is the Lamb. By its light the nations will walk. The last chapter of the Bible, Revelation 22, and night will be no more. They will need no light or lamp or sun for the Lord God will be their light and they will reign forever and ever. This is the story of light from the beginning, from before the beginning, and to kingdom forever. Do you know it? Could you tell it? Could you just take this light hook and just be able to walk somebody through the scriptures with this? I would ask you to meditate on this. I would ask you to rehearse it. Try it out on each other. Could you tell the story of light from the scriptures? City light? And there's many verses I didn't even get to. This is the light of the gospel, the good news of our salvation. Let's not be ashamed of it. It is the power of God for salvation for everyone who believes. What do we do with such light? Shine. Shine this light, this good news of salvation we are light we're to shine at one time you were darkness but now you are light in the world in the Lord walk as children of light shine as lights in this world holding fast to the word of truth that's great that's inspirational for a Sunday morning I may even go home and try to do it. I'll try to think through that and try to get from Genesis to Revelation and talk through light. That's great. That's inspirational. Tomorrow's Monday, Derek. What does the story of light have to do with Monday and then Tuesday this week? Let's zoom down in this story. That's why I want to zoom down into Matthew. Have your Bible with you. Turn to Matthew 1 turn there. I'm not going to read it all. You're going to look at Matthew 1 and you're going to see the first 18 verses and it's just going to be a bunch of names. This is a list of names. For those of you who remember what they were, it looks like a telephone book. Some of you don't even know what a telephone book is. We skim over these names in our Bible reading plan. Oh, today is Matthew 1. Amemadad and Ram and all. get, get through these. There's a lot of history here in those names. One day, you'll just be a name. Ancestry.com, somebody will click on you and you will be a name. Findagrave.com, they'll click on your name and it'll show your headstone. One day, you're just gonna be a name in a list. What is your life? You're a mist that appears for a little time then vanishes. James 4, 14. Oh, you may get a paragraph in the family history. There's actually some people actually get biographies that will go into our bookshelves. What is our life? These are a lot of lives here that we're just looking here. There's a lot of life here. One day, your descendants are going to have to figure out what to do with all the photos you took on all your mobile devices. What are we but a mist that vanishes? Don't, We can scan these names, but these are the stories of real people and the grind of life and the story of God. And this is how light came into the world. Look at verse 3. Tamar. She was a widow. Her husband died. Her brother-in-law was supposed to take up the family honor. He didn't. A widow. Very vulnerable in society. Tamar. You know what she did? She dressed up as a prostitute. Her father-in-law hired her and got her pregnant with twins. Genesis 38. Tamar got pregnant with twins by her father-in-law. I don't know what Bible you're reading, but Genesis is a crazy story. That's Jesus' story. This is light coming into the darkness. Look at verse 5. That's Ruth. She wasn't even an Israelite. She also was a widow. And she followed her mother-in-law back to the promised land. Yahweh is going to be my God, and your people are going to be my people. And this Moabite is written into the story of Jesus. Oh, there in verse 6 is David, king of Israel, who had an ultra affair with Bathsheba and then had her husband Uriah killed on the battlefield. That's 2 Samuel 11. How much more darkness do we want to get into here in this list? It's a lot of darkness. This lineage is comprised of women and men, adulterers, prostitutes, heroes, Gentiles, and Jesus is the Savior of them all. Derek, what does the story of light have to do with my life tomorrow? What is your story? Tell me your family history. Is it all light? Are you begging God to change your family heritage, to have light come into this darkness? No darkness is greater than the light of Jesus. And he is coming into this darkness to save sinners. Oh, you'll look down in Matthew 1, the rest of this chapter 19 through 25, and there'll be an angel that appears to a man, Joseph, in a dream. He was just a carpenter. He was engaged to a young gal named Mary. They probably just wanted a simple life, a quiet life, hardworking life. I mean, it was going to be special nonetheless it's always special just to celebrate with people getting married and so forth, but this man has a dream one night, and an angel says, Joseph, son of David, do not fear to take Mary as your wife, for that which is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. This is the long-expected fulfillment of prophecies of long ago. And with much hoopla, Joseph woke up and did as the angel said. Loving and caring for his pregnant fiance amidst small town gossip. Joseph had a fear of God and a faithfulness to God. There were a lot of mundane days for Joseph. Even as he became the adoptive father of the son of God. So do you know God both in the mundane and the miraculous? Are we going through our days with a fear of the Lord and a faithfulness unto him as well? This is the story of light. Miracle came to Joseph, but then he had to live in mundane faithfulness for the days and years to follow. Derek, this is the story of light, but what is my Monday, Tuesday? Are you going to be faithful tomorrow in the mundane? And pray that the Lord shines his light even more. Matthew 2, flip the page or scroll up. This is the geopolitical strife around Jesus' birth. He was born in Bethlehem, in Judea, during the days of King Herod. I mean, Luke tells about how a stable became the birthing center. Jesus was laid in a manger for the Messiah King. There was no vacancy because the census had swelled the town so far up. And now come wise men, Gentiles from the east, following the light of a star, looking to worship this newborn king. The world is coming to him. This is the story of light. A star over top. Mary and Joseph, King Herod, was troubled by this and quickly executed an order for genocide of all male children two years of age and younger. Think of the terror on this community. Think upon the grief on these families. This is how light came into the world. And I'm going to ask you, is God still good? And is God still great when you see the suffering of this world and the evil in this world? Because even here in Genesis 2, light is coming into the world. Worn in a dream, Joseph took flight to Egypt with Mary and Jesus. When Herod died, they returned back and settled in Nazareth accordance with the Scriptures. Oh, how I would love to just kind of show you the connections to Matthew's Gospel in the book of Exodus. Another day. Down into Exodus, and now coming back out of Exodus, in Matthew 3. Public ministry, now after several decades of silence. John the Baptist is preparing the way and Jesus is baptized in the Jordan River. Jesus was baptized immediately, went up from the water, and behold, the heavens were open to him, and he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and coming to rest on him. And behold, a voice from heaven said, this is my beloved Son with whom I am well pleased. This is how his public ministry begins, knowing his belovedness of God. What more can we tell these graduates? Oh, we don't even know the places they'll go but they'll be able to go wherever the Lord leads if they know they're beloved of God that Jesus was able to do everything that he did in the power of the Spirit because he knew he was beloved of God his father so tomorrow Monday and Tuesday are you gonna know your beloved of God the father because this is the promise of Ephesians 1 6 do you not realize how God has blessed us in the beloved we are God's beloved children and this should change everything for us And nothing Will ever separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus our Lord. Keep scrolling. This is the, we just zoomed in. I'm gonna camp out in a minute here. Temptation in the wilderness by the devil. He passed through the waters. There's temptation in the wilderness. Once again, I'd like to go back to Exodus. But look here. He resists temptation to sin. Temptation by the devil with what? God's word. This is how light shines in the darkness by God's word which goes out and does not return void. So we must be a people who devote ourselves to God's word. You're not going to make it on Monday and Tuesday and Thursday this week. Just a like quick little devotion. Quick little papa papa scripture here and there. We've got to devote ourselves to God's word. Jesus, it's all he had. Passing in the wilderness, tempted as we are, but he did not sin. And how did he not sin? He refuted it back with God's word. And the devil even threw God's word back at him. And he refuted that misinterpretation, misapplication of God's word with the right interpretation of God's word. And the devil is a real adversary. He's prowling around like a roaring lion, seeking someone to devour. He'll be there tomorrow. He'll be there on Tuesday, seeking to devour you. Matthew 4. This is the beginning of His ministry. Look at this. This is the story of light into this dark world. Matthew even quotes how Jesus had quoted, or how this quotes, that the people dwelling in darkness have seen a great light, and those dwelling in the, this region, the shadow of death, on them light has dawned. He begins His ministry. What does He call people to do? Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. How does light come into the world? Look at this. Verse 18. Let's slow down. While walking by the Sea of Galilee, he saw two brothers, Simon, who was called Peter, and Andrew his brother, casting a net into the sea, for they were fishermen. And he said to them, Follow me, and I will make you fishers of men. Immediately they left their nets and followed him. And going on from there they saw two other brothers James the son of Zebedee and John his brother and the boat was Zebedee their father mending their nets and he called them immediately they left their boat and their father and followed him When the kingdom of God is announced when this gospel is going to be proclaimed what does the light of the world do first he calls disciples What is a disciple? He called them to follow. A disciple even linguistically just means learner. We got to be careful of this. Because we think that oh, if I just if I do this curriculum in this class and in this sequence, I can become a disciple of Jesus. Discipleship is not just getting some more knowledge, it's not even acquiring a new skill. Discipleship is following a person. Discipleship after Christ is following the person of Christ. It's learning what he teaches, but also how he serves, how Jesus prays, how Jesus relates to others, how Jesus knows and obeys God. These are two sets of brothers who were called very early in Jesus' ministry to follow. Maybe you'd like to read between the lines, know a little bit more. All it just says, they left everything and followed. Are you a follower of Jesus? That's more in vogue these days to say I'm a Jesus follower than a Christian. But the book of Acts says how they were called Christians for little Christ. I don't care which one you use, it's the same thing. Are we Christian? Are we following Christ? Are we Jesus followers? This is the only way that will shine. What does it look like to be a follower of Jesus? It's going to take your whole life. It's going to take everything. Later on in Matthew's Gospel, Jesus further details discipleship. Chapter 10, verse 37. Whoever loves father or mother, this is verse 37. Whoever loves father or mother more than me is not worthy of me. Whoever loves son or daughter more than me is not worthy of me. Whoever does not take up his cross and follow me is not worthy of me. Whoever finds his life will lose it. Whoever loses his life for mine's sake will find it. Chapter 16, verse 24. Jesus told his disciples, those learners of him, if anyone would come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. For whoever would save his life will lose it but whoever loses his life for my sake will find it. These are familiar words. You've probably heard these before. But there's a whole life devotion. There's a whole life call here that I think we need to hear again. There can be no greater loves than Jesus in our life. It does not mean that we hate those around us. We're to love our neighbor as ourselves. We're to honor our father and mother. But there should be no greater loves. If you love your father or mother more than me, you're not worthy of me. If you love your son or daughter more than me, you're not worthy of me. That's a stark word there. Are you hearing this? There can be no clinging to comfort in this world in following Jesus. There can be no protecting of preferences, no shrinking to safety. Jesus, I'll be be right there. Let me go bury my father here. No, no, no. Let the dead bury the dead. Follow me. This is the Jesus of Scripture. Whole life call. There can be no compromise commitment in following Jesus. There can be no Sunday only faith and convenient obedience. He wants all of you. He wants total surrender. He wants total allegiance. He wants total trust for he, where He will lead you. He's actually telling you, die. And this is a radical call. And that word has been used in society now that everybody's getting radicalized. And Just the extreme radicals. There's no call to violence. This is the kingdom of God. This is light into darkness. But it's a radical call. It's otherworldly. And do not think that we can just tame our sin and just kind of juggle the world at the same time and be a faithful follower of Jesus. Don't think that we can just go about as usual and be a follower of Jesus. These lives of these men and these women who followed Him were forever different. They would do some of the same activities. They'd still cast a, a net into the Sea of Galilee. But their life was oriented now differently. Their worldview was now different. Their priorities, their but please hear this. As we're trying to like juggle it out and have some moralistic, therapeutic, self help, spirituality, it's not, and we can't call that faith. Well, Derek, I don't know if I can do this. You want me to give all of myself to Jesus? I won't be able to do it. Neither did they. They failed. You can follow Jesus with your whole life and fail and he'll call you again. Read the Gospels of their failings. They rebuked him for talking about dying. They rebuked people when they were trying to bring children to him. They fell asleep while he prayed. They abandoned him at the cross save one of the twelve. You can follow Jesus and fail You just can't follow Jesus and try to save your life along the way. Whoever would save his life will lose it. Following Jesus with your whole life is not going to be perfection, but it will still be whole life learning, following the person of Jesus. But if we're going to follow Jesus and try to save our life along the way, We're going to lose it. We're going to grieve the Spirit by truly never repenting of our sin, but trying to think we can tame it. We're going to believe the Bible for what we like, but where it pushes against our sensibilities, we'll do nuances and acrobatics or just omissions. We'll give Jesus certain parts, access to certain parts of our life, at certain times of our life? We'll let Him into the early morning devotion, but will you let Him into the late night entertainment? We'll give some to the church, but the rest is ours. We'll serve when it's convenient, but never when it's sacrificial. We'll support a missionary, but ignore our neighbor. We will think that in saving our life we can be in control and dictate the terms of following Jesus. Whoever would save his life would lose it. This is more radical than what we've experienced in American Christianity. This turned the world upside down, it's not doing anything to our nation. I mean, if we had disciples living like this, I mean, these are are a ragtag bunch in the face of an empire, and they turn the world upside down as God subvertly put them in places. And we are the American church strong, and look at us. Nothing's getting turned upside down. Except for our connection to church events, is there any difference between our lives and the life of unbelievers? We do Sunday and we'll do maybe Wednesday or another group. But qualitatively, just, is there any really difference? How are we denying ourselves, taking up our cross and following Him? As we shine the light of Jesus and knowing and following Him, you can follow Him and you will fail. And nothing will separate you from His love. But we cannot follow Him and try to save our life along the way. Matthew 5, where we read before, these next three chapters, in the story of light as it unfolds, He gives this sermon on the mount where He calls disciples to Himself. He saw the crowds, but He went up on a mountain and His disciples came to Him. It's a beautiful, challenging sermon. These verses that we read in verses 14, 15, and 16 saying that you are the light of the world. A city set on a hill cannot be hidden. I know we're all looking at Jerusalem here, this great city of God's holy city, Zion here. You are the light of the world. You're to be a city set on a hill. We're not putting a light and then putting a lamp over top of it. You've got to let that thing go and fill up the entire room. Just as you'll flip a switch later on today as the sun sets. So let your light shine before others. They may see your good works and give glory to your Father who's in heaven. This is a dark world. We were darkened in our understanding. Here comes light into the world and He says, you're light. <laughs> Let's queue up, come behold their wondrous mystery again. do you hear in this? You are the light of the world. This is not emanating from self-goodness. But this is, our lives have been changed as the Holy Spirit has called us to be born again so that there's no light through us. Well, we don't emanate from our goodness. It's just righteousness of Christ through us, the goodness of God, grace of God through us. Because even as Jason exhorted our graduates, the light of the knowledge of the glory of God has been shown upon us in the face of Jesus Christ. Our hearts have been enlightened by God's Spirit. Our hearts even burning at God's Word. He's shining that others may see and come to know and worship God our Father. This is our purpose. Shining the light of the Gospel and knowing and following Jesus. Got it. Until we come to the Scriptures and say, what does it mean to follow Jesus? We can only shine... If we're knowing and following him. And may the Spirit meet us here on what it means to actually follow him. City Light, I want to end with just one more footnote. I mean, if you're new here, you're like, what? I want you to learn the story of light, I want you to see the glory of Christ. But City Light, I want to hear this warning from the end of the scriptures. How is the story continuing into our lives? He's given us a name. We have a neon light fully functioning now. But are we shining the light of the gospel? Hear these words from Revelation 2 to the church of Ephesus. There were seven letters to seven churches. Of course, we need to hear the one from Laodicea about being lukewarm. But let's hear this one. These are the words of Christ to this church in Ephesus. I have this against you that you've abandoned the love you had at first. Remember, therefore, from where you have fallen, repent and do the works that you did at first. If not, I will come to you and remove the lampstand from its place unless you repent. City Light, there's a lot of good things that we can be doing and actually are doing. There's a lot of service, ministry, mission that we can be doing. And these are good things, good things to even be busy about, to be giving our whole life to as we walk by the Spirit. Sidulate, we can have good doctrine. We may hold to the truth of God's Word. And so we think that, oh, wait a minute, we're good. We're doing good works, and we're holding to the truth of the gospel. And the word to the church in Ephesus says, repent. And if you don't, you're going to lose your lampstand. City light, I don't want us to lose a lampstand. So what do we need to repent and return to? You've abandoned the love you had at first. Repent and return to the former works, first works. Remember when you were saved and you loved Jesus? You want everybody to know? Your doctrine wasn't all parceled out and boxed up and categorized. You were just wild. You, never even, you weren't in a program yet. You weren't just all set in a program. But you just love Jesus. You love people because of Jesus' love for you. This is what we've got to come back to the very simple love of God. And if we hear these words and apply them to us, if we do not, we'll lose our lampstand. We'll have a name. We'll even pay the electric bill for a, a sign. But will we be shining? The light of the gospel. Shining the light of the gospel and knowing and following him. Why do we do this? Because Jesus saves. Has Jesus saved you? Then you can know and follow him. Not in your strength and power, but by the power of the Spirit to just say, Take my whole life. If he has saved you, you can know and follow him. And why do we do this? He saves others as well. And so we will go and shine this light so others know. Where are you this day? This is the story of light. It's inspirational for a Sunday, but tomorrow is coming Monday and Tuesday. The rest of this week. We'll come back again next week. But will our life be looking different? Will we be following this radical call to know and follow Jesus? if you've never believed upon Christ before, if you've maybe heard this message before, and you're like, I've never really, it never really clicked for me, but maybe today it's starting to make more sense, I pray that you would pray and ask God, give me illumination, understanding, take me out of my darkness that I have new hope, forgiveness with you, reconciliation to you, and know the true love of God in Christ Jesus. If you've followed Jesus And you can point back to a time of first love. I ask you to go back there. When he's moved and he's, there's a love that will sustain. It will love that will compel us. It will be a love that causes us to shine. Let's pray.